Ben McCann. Greetings. Welcome to Wake the Dead. Today, we are very happy to have returning guest, Mr. Loomis Matua. Hello, Loomis. Welcome. Hey, John. Thanks for having me on again. Working together. It's great. Oh, it's great. It's funny you call it work. It's like we're just hanging out, man. It's great yeah, to have a, it's talking <laughs> yeah. to a friend, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So um, I'm very glad that you could join us today. Um, you uh, you've got a lot. You've done a lot of work on uh, your show, Chant It Down podcast, and uh, everybody can check it out, ChantItDownRadio.com. And uh, you like. You, you know, you've, you've been down the rabbit holes for quite some time and uh, you understand the nature of things in the larger context. So uh, that's why I'm happy to have you here today, because I'd like to talk about the symptom of the decline of America. That is the homelessness that we see everywhere. Um, it's not just we're not just getting migrants and like whatever in the cities living on the streets it's our own people and like in the big cities like san francisco it's like a horde mob like whoa and uh every highway has somebody with a cardboard sign at every like intersection every walmart now has people asking for money um, and it's becoming more prevalent. And once we own nothing and supposedly we'll be happy, a lot of, a lot of us are going to be facing that too. So, uh, I know in your, your story, you, uh, you've lived home free and as well have, as have I. Um, and so we have a lot of experience to speak from and, um, because we've both lived homeless, we're not gonna. We're not here to bash people that are that happen to be homeless. Uh, you know, we're gonna talk about the whole, the whole spectrum. We're gonna try to do our best in this conversation today. So, uh, welcome again, and uh, tell me uh, when when was it that you? Well, let's start. Uh, do you see at the homelessness rising? in the last few years uh you live in hawaii that's kind of a hot spot for homeless people if they can get across the water because yeah. it's nice and warm there and they got cannabis and shit so tell me have you seen an uptick in the homelessness around oh yeah and thanks john for having me on again great great um to talk about you and uh definitely um unbelievable amounts i live in honolulu which is a pretty large city uh like a medium-sized large city, and it has over 5,000 homeless last time I heard. I don't know how they count this, but everywhere you go, you see homeless. I mean, I, I don't remember tent cities even 15 years ago. I remember bums. Like, there's a, a bum that lives, I've seen him before over there kind of thing, but now it's like they're everywhere in clusters. Um, it's like zombies everywhere, uh, and 
Well, I, I don't know exactly where the origin point of all this is. Um, drugs are like, like man-made drugs are really prevalent. Um, and that probably causes it. I mean, America does have giant swaths of degenerate people, uh, in lots of places, not just here all over. And uh, my theory is there is generations of destabled households raising destabled people. And eventually these people just get worse and worse um, as they go down the generations. And maybe, you know, when you have a house with no love and just dysfunction, these people um, end up on the streets, but it, it it's, it's baffling how it got to where it is. Uh, it's just a symptom of America's decline. It's, it's, I mean, and I'm not saying, I'm not, saying these people are bad or anything either it's gotten almost impossible to get ahead and just afford the regular things and and i mean that's everywhere i i mean here in hawaii it's so expensive that there's a lot of locals that are homeless but there's also a theory that they're giving people uh one-way tickets over here from from the mainland u.s i don't know how these people get on planes most of them are mentally ill wow but we keep seeing more and more people that don't look like they belong here too. So it's kind of, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm still not sure if I, if that theory is a hundred percent correct, but people say people give homeless one way tickets over here. And, uh, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't even know how they got past TSA. Like they, these people are bonkers, you know, some of them to where I, I don't, how could they sit on the plane for a minimum of five and a half hours, you know? So, yeah. That's interesting because that that is um, that is happening uh, with every major city, and the um, like. If long before the mayor of New York started talking about the crisis of of the um, the migrants from the southern border, uh, long before I mean, this Abbott from Texas is sending them on buses. And that's nothing new. Like I lived in Portland, yeah. Oregon, and that's what all like all cities south they all ship them up to Portland, Oregon on a bus because yeah. it's like a the, like the Democrat like you know sanctuary type thing. They've it's it's been like that for all the if if they pick up these homeless, they go to jail for like a night for something silly. Uh, the town will be like, get out of here. And they get them a one-way ticket on a bus. And that's interesting that maybe they put them on a plane too. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, Do you it, think it's, it's like a warfare, democratic or dem- demographic warfare, like where they're shipping homeless over to Hawaii on purpose to try to destroy it? I mean, this Lahaina fire is a, is a destruction on purpose. You know? Do you think that that's part of that? It, it could be. It could be. Something just came to mind I just thought about, too, and I was going to say it anyway. But uh, around 1992, 91, uh, the actual Native Hawaiian community here was starting to really, like, assemble and become, like, a uh, kind of a threat against, like, they want a sovereign nation. Politically? Yeah. They wanted okay. a sovereign nation, and they were actually, like, gaining strength as a unit. And right around that time, we call it ice out here, but crystal meth got huge. Oh, yeah. And 
these groups, not only that, this is, this is a typical divide and rule thing. There's now there's like four sovereign groups or something like that. And none of them get along and they were a solid unit. So something happened around that time that started to, to destabilize Hawaii. Mm. And, but what we're talking about now is nationwide. Like you can go to well, LA, Philadelphia, San Francisco, I'll, and yeah, a lot of these are Democrat cities. I, you know, you and I don't believe in it, the whole left-right paradigm, but just like of course, it yeah. is true that these liberal cities seem to let them just put up camps on on sidewalks, Portland, Seattle, like uh, under every bridge, like yeah, Nashville, yeah. like Nashville's huge. I lived there for years, yeah. and every every highway, uh, every exit, they would take shifts, like. If you're like if you're on that corner by the stop sign in the Walmart parking lot, uh, and it's not your shift to be there, somebody comes over and tries to beat you up. <laughs> like wow. they, yeah, dude, they rule. They run that like you're not getting my free money. Like I'm here. They call it work. Like people that fly a sign, their cardboard sign. They're like, oh, I gotta go to work, and they go out there. Um. So like I, uh, while I was homeless, I lived with, uh, well, I didn't live with, but I mean, I had a van and like, I would travel along with and meet other people in the Walmart parking lots and at the rainbow gatherings and the people on their way to the rainbow gathering. Okay. Yeah. We all travel together, you know? Um, and I get to see how these people operate and, um, you know, the rainbow people, at least they have like heart and they have family with each other. And yeah. a lot of them have, are from broken homes. Uh, that was a very insightful comment you made, early, you made earlier about how it goes back to the broken family. And that's really what's wrong because you know the economy is bad and that puts stress on the family and like oh we got the satanic television and whatever the movies and you know (laughs) the rock and roll music and and like the public school dividing the kid from the parents and like there's all of that but still ultimately it's parents job to show care and not neglect their family yeah Uh, you know to like and that so that we can raise kids that that have a self-respect and a care for themselves enough so that, you know, a lot of those rainbow kids, like they don't think about the future. They're like, I'm just having fun now. And like some of them are drinking like a little too much. And like there's, and you know, like I would see like some of them got like some alcohol poisoning and some of them have like these other issues and you know, some of them aren't going home to see their babies. Like, you know, they're like, oh, I, I spend three months at home and three months away and three months at home. I'm like, what? You know, like these. So and then they, they want to just go smoke crack, you know, and like yeah. they admit to me like, oh, yeah, just, not all of them. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good people in Rainbow. Like a, Freeman's an example. You know, he's the one yeah. that inspired me to go. Um, but it's because they have a family vibe it's the rainbow family and they say welcome brother and sister and they're there every year and you get to know these people every time you go 
uh, that's what people are missing, you know? And right. So like all the homeless, they know the rainbow is happening and it's free food for a week, you know, and they don't have to work. They don't have to go fly their sign anymore. So they all try to travel the rainbow, you know, at least the ones that know about it. <laughs> and cause it's like a, it's a new family, you know, which that's what gangs are. You know, that's true, what, true. like a lot of things, like people are seeking that because they're lacking in their own home and their own self and their own self-worth. So they need that unit and like, you know, they do it to us on the big, on the big levels with, to impose their socialism and their communism and shit. But, you know, really they want to break up the family so that the larger orders of structural power can take over those being the gangs you know and further up above the gangs the ones that you know the people that give them the drugs and the people that supply them with the market they uh, yeah have created so i'm rambling on a lot but uh so that point that you said earlier about how they have broken family and that and the drugs is another symptom of being having broken self-worth and the self yeah it's coping Uh, with it they're coping right yeah and i look at too like um in the 80s divorce started to skyrocket um you had both parents working a lot and so i i remember when i was listening to um yuri bezmanov the uh kgb guy talking about in 1984 he was talking to uh uh he was, who was he talking to? I forget. Um, G. Edward Griffin. That's who he's talking right. about. And uh, anyway, he was. God bless um, that man. Yeah, I know. That guy's great. <laughs> and so America is destabilized now. And this was 1984. So we've really been through generations of like destabilization. And, and so I would look at the 80s as a big, like I knew family members getting divorced. It was kind of, it's like, it was like the new thing. Like couples just didn't last anymore. And right. so that's gone down generations now. And so if you think about like how upset kids are when they get divorced, their parents get divorced, uh, that leads to uh, a lot of, you know, sadness and stuff. And if they don't feel comfortable at home, maybe there's a new step parent. It's not nice or whatever. Then that creates them. They go to maybe the streets and find an environment with drugs to cope with that or something. And then those people are our age probably and they had kids and their kids are more messed up than they were and so there's that you know there's those generations of destabilization it's part of it anyway i agree yeah it seems like it's a it's it's on purpose and um if they can if if they can destabilize us and make us hate ourselves enough then yes. when they roll us over with the great reset, we're just going to be like, so self-loathing. We'll just let it happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. And those are, those are just more, more people that will not put up a fight. If they're under a bridge shooting up fence and all, they're not going to give a shit about the new world order coming in. They're too busy getting high and passing out. Yeah, dude. Um, I got some, like, we're going to, I got uh, some video that we can play. Here, I'll, I'll put it on the screen. Um, this here, everybody, is uh, YouTube of Kim Gary. 
It's uh, K-I-M-G-A-R-Y on YouTube. They got 291,000 subscribers. It's crazy. Because all they do is just drive around in their car and film Kensington, which is this uh, street in Philly. And Philadelphia is so destroyed. And this is what it looks like. These people... They're out in the streets all the time. This is their look at they got a they got a little coffee table, you know, <laughs> and their dude's nodding out with his hand on his junk, you know. The <laughs> other guy can't stand up, like. So this this person they just do these videos and just give a real. This is really what it is, and every you know, this one is August twenty three. That was like the last time they posted, but they used to do like every day. <laughs> put a new one up it's crazy um so yeah. yeah this uh kensington itself is like I, i've been there like i would visit with Passio and with leah and uh i would travel through because i lived up in mass and i would go to nashville um when it was cold you know and i would like travel through on the way i would visit everybody and i was like I went, I wanted to go to a laundromat and I, the GPS took me through Kensington and I was like, Whoa, dude. Whoa. Like you couldn't see the street. It was all trash from curb to curb. Like just I couldn't believe it. And I was like at a stoplight or a stop sign and there were like three cars ahead of me. So I was like, and there were people laying in the road like, you know, junkies, totally and then there were hookers they were like coming to the cars while they were stopped at the stop sign i was like holy shit and uh so yeah look at this chick she's got all this stuff they got so much gear it's crazy how much stuff they uh, yeah and they so tell me it like <laughs> have you seen the really the the inner city like look at all the trash too yeah yeah, Philadelphia. I, I, I think that it's like a mockery because the America, the, the globalists hate America and what Philadelphia represents. Like where, like that's where we oh, have yeah. the Declaration of Independence, and you know what I mean. And now look at what what's happened. Uh, tell me, so have, have you seen this type of shit? And I have, I have. Yeah, there's this one guy named Charlie Bo, and he has like seven hundred thousand followers. And he goes around all the ghettos in the U.S. and just films, you know. He doesn't even yeah. talk, you know, doesn't narrate or anything. Uh, but I've personally been to Skid Row in L.A. Oh, that, yeah. That is on par with this. Maybe maybe not quite as bad, but pretty damn bad. And it smells like piss everywhere. And yeah, dude. Shit piles on sidewalks and, like, yeah. like wow, it's it's like worse than a third world country in a way because third world countries don't really have, I mean, some have the drugs, but not to the effect of the United States. People are just poor, but right. they, they, they're not, they're not be, may not be like zombies out of their minds. Like what you see right here. Yeah. These, these people, they fold over like a taco. A lot of yeah. like, you'll see that they're like, their feet are planted and then they, Let's see if I can find one. There's a lot of them. They, um, they're so like high on dope. This one's falling over. You see, um, he's like the one on the right. Yeah. And they, they like, it looks like they're picking up quarters or something. They're folded over completely. Uh, yeah. And so, but that's another symptom. It's not like, 
But once they're on the drugs and then they're in the streets, they have to get high again, like for heroin at least. Like in order to not be sick, you have to get high like every morning at least once, you know. And so like that's their whole life is thinking about like how am I going to get high again? You know, and everything else. See, she's she's folded over completely. See, in the middle yep. there. Look at yep. right. Wow. That's what they do, dude. Wow. It, it's <laughs> it's a chiropractor would make a lot of money. Through, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they don't have any money. They, they give it all the money. junk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They give it all to the freaking the, oh, yeah. the drug dealer. But so yeah, this is what this is the face. <laughs> this is the face of like the and it's not heroin anymore. It's fentanyl. Yeah. Fentanyl has taken over. And I know this for a fact. Like I used to live in Massachusetts and there was a lot of heroin up there. And then like Lawrence Mass is famous for that shit. And the people in Lawrence, look at all this stuff. Look at the tents. Dude. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's, it's just, it's just growing. Anyway. So like, um, uh, like I, in Lawrence, Massachusetts, like, uh, somebody that I knew that was, uh, she was addicted and she would go into town to get the stuff and she would ask for fentanyl. She would request that instead. And I was like, what, you know, tell me about this. And like, she says, yeah, like, uh, it's better. I was like, what the fuck? And so you got to get high three times a day though, because it wears off quick. It's oh, crazy. So it's like, like junk. Yeah, the junkies yeah. that like have to steal something, they have to steal three things now a day, you know? So it like really ramps it up. But, um, and like the fentanyl, like she'll get a big chunk of like two grams of something. <laughs> and it's got fentanyl in there. But I mean, there's like 5.95 <laughs> grams or no, 1.95 grams of something else, like is white stuff that clogs her needles and it makes her feet grow up like big footballs you know like dude her feet yeah because like there's toxic it's like toxins like all the fentanyl yeah. probably too is a toxin whatever but but your body takes it and encapsulates the poison in fat and then brings it to your extremities to save your organs so yeah. you'll find that heroin junkies have like balloon hands like even pink floyd sings about it comfortably numb um, but my hands feel like two balloons, you know, same thing with her feet. Like she couldn't wear normal shoes anymore. Like she had to wear flip-flops <laughs> because like her feet literally look like football. Look at, see, he's folded look at over. That guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dude. He's and he's just looking around like, that's just how he stands now. <laughs> I wonder what makes him like just fall like that. I guess they're just nodding out. Yeah, it's the fentanyl that keeps them from falling over and breaking themselves. Like, for if they were standing up, like he's see, he's almost like he's got his weight on his knee and his other knee, and he's like he's prepared for losing balance because <laughs> <laughs> like it sucks to break your face on the pavement. I know, like, but anyway, um, so uh, this fentanyl. Uh, it makes your feet like balloons. And if you people see people wearing flip-flops and it looks like a football with toes sticking out the front, like that's because of the the poisons that go along with the heroin or whatever junk they're buying, you know. Um, so, and fentanyl comes from China. 
Like we don't need to get heroin from Afghanistan anymore. That's why we walked away from Afghanistan because we don't need that shit anymore because we're getting it all from China. It's cheaper. It's yeah. cheaper. Yeah. You can cut it more. Like I learned that, uh, uh, like a kilo of heroin, you can cut it seven times. And after that it loses potency and it's useless. Nobody wants to buy it. But with fentanyl, you can cut it like 50 times the same. And it costs the same for the, the kilo. So like if you can cut it that many more times, it's, it's like reducing it by half 25 times or so. And it still has potency. So that's why it's cheaper. Um, yeah, but I don't know how they disperse it evenly throughout the powders. Like, I don't know how, like, you don't get one little batch that's, like, way more potent. And then some people are doing car fentanyl on purpose, which is, like, because their because their tolerance is so high. I knew people that were doing heroin, and they were they used to have to use cut off the bottom of a, of a soda can because a spoon was too small because they had to do so much dope in their needle. Oh, yeah. and uh yeah so i know all about the drug use too and there's you know i understand these people i like i you know i don't judge them like i've done all those drugs too you know like it's i didn't i didn't i I never uh whatever i'm just i'm just saying like it's a a tough world out there there's no i feel bad for people too i mean it's I, i understand why understand why they're but there is a deeper level now of like homelessness than ever before like this extra layer of deep like you see like how would you become that guy folded over you know it's like (laughs) wow it's just like and it's everywhere now and yeah here here it's i i don't see as much fentanyl as i think it is cracking meth over here but it's making its way over here right That like, so I took a trip before I went, uh, living in a van, I went, uh, for a long trip on a motorcycle with a tent and I went across country. And when I got like past Ohio or like Illinois or whatever, it was all meth everywhere. Not like I was looking for it, but I could tell, you know what I mean? And then when I, like, I, I ended up in Portland and that's like meth capital. Holy crap. They call that stuff dope and they call heroin dirty dope. Like they gave it a new name because it like supplanted (laughs) dope means crystal. It's crazy. And like, if, uh, do you know about crystal and what it does to people's brains? Like, do you know much about that? Yeah. I mean, it takes, turns your brain into basically Swiss cheese that eats holes in it and stuff. Right? Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> also um, like they see the, they see like shadow people, you know? Uh, oh yeah. So that's where they get a lot of this like demon possession or, or whatever it may be. Right. Uh, schizophrenia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, I think that too, and that being totally synthetic, they're able to make that in like some warehouse somewhere, just like they make the fentanyl in a warehouse. They don't have to go conquer another nation somewhere and dominate the people so that we can ship the raw cocaine or raw heroin or whatever 
like the Vietnam War is about heroin, the Afghanistan right. War is about heroin, and now yep. we don't need that shit anymore. We got like warehouses. So, um, yeah. So same thing with the meth and that, like the dopamine spike that it does to the brain. It uh, that's totally unnatural, and it really it. it uh, it's, I don't know. I guess I'm not going to get into it. We're talking about homelessness. Those, so anyway, the drugs are just symptoms again. Um, yeah. and it's, and it's a, it's also a symptom of hopelessness. Like, what do you think totally. about that? Do you think that that is people have learned helplessness and they just give up? Do you think that's what it is? I, I think, yeah. Um, Maybe the general sentiment of, well, I mean, America specifically is just gone down the tubes. Like the the general sentiment out there isn't good across the board. Like if you think, well, you know, the leftist part of uh, perspective is uh, maybe you know all for this new world order and more in a in a bigger way than like maybe the right side. But and and then again. They these people even believe that we're going to melt down from climate change in like twelve years, and there's like <laughs> climate countdowns in all these classrooms now. Right. So I mean, like uh, across the board, it doesn't seem like it seems like we're at the end of our our current civilization. This and maybe <laughs> maybe that goes into people's psyche, and people are like yeah, fuck it, whatever, let's just get high and, and forget about yeah. everything. You know. Um, I just feel like that's where a lot of people from my generation, like they didn't understand any of this, but they just wanted to get high all the time. And, and it went from worse to worse. Uh, and I have friends that I've lost through, you know, to the wayside through right. these, these substances we're talking about. And uh, it's like, they just never wanted. And here's the thing though. And I get it too, is I don't want to like, I, the, the reason I was homeless and we can talk about this later too, is sure. That, I didn't, Talk about um, it now if you like. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't like the way things were going, and I just said, "Fuck it all." I don't want to, you know. I I I got this is nineteen ninety nine. I you know I hate worthless wow. jobs. I hate schools, politics, <laughs> banks, government. So so why would I want to belong to any of that? And the way that like everything's not affordable anymore, I I can see why people like jump out. And say fuck, I don't want to do it anymore, or whatever. I, you know, and and right. so what I said is, I said I'm going to see what happens if I don't do all this. Um, and it was scary, <laughs> but there's something so freeing about throwing in the towel to this whole right. way of life. Or just forget it. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to work my job anymore. I'm not going to pay bills anymore. I'm just going to live. And <laughs> It's almost like taking your power back. It's actually really awesome when you right. when you when you decide to say fuck it all. They can't control you as well, and so there's there is power in it. Um, and just imagine, like, I mean, nowadays it's even crazier because everybody's got a smartphone, right? But imagine just throwing away your smartphone and ditching all these attachments and say, you know what, I'm just gonna go and just live. I mean, people aren't gonna do that anymore. But back when I did. I didn't have a phone, so it didn't matter. So, but like right. throwing in the towel and just going on your own journey. So that's what I did. And, and in fact, it, if I wouldn't, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have met 
somebody who told me about what was going to go on in the world, an insider, so to speak, um, and led me down the path I'm on. So uh, when you do stop doing the system and you stop uh, working jobs and going to the grind every day, it opens up more time for actually living and actually experiencing real life and, and synchronicities, things that pop into your life that wouldn't normally because you're always stuck to going to work and doing the right. time, you know? So uh, when I did that, I I was freed, but the problem was eventually I ran out of money. But I did that several times. Um, and I lived in a tent uh, in nature and I lived in a beach park uh, and I just packed up my stuff. I did stash some stuff during the day, but um, I hitchhiked everywhere I went and it was such a free time from wow. life. I mean, it, it's then, but uh, yeah, um, I think it's great to try to take your power back and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, I think it is powerful, but that is a different mindset than the people right. who see very um, different, you, you know, what you're showing here and we're talking about. Yeah. So you had, you didn't have the hopelessness. You were like, I'm going to be hopefulness, you know? And, yeah. and then that, and you have a totally different experience than these people here. <clears throat> yeah. Like, uh, and really it's all in your mind. Like, um, like you chose willingly to be homeless. Like these people probably didn't like, uh, that's true. And, but um the uh it's very important. Like I, I too had a good experience living uh free. Like I do think that rent is a trap and it keeps us poor on purpose, you know, so yep. we everybody's paycheck to paycheck. And there's nothing you could do, you gotta live in a house, right? Or else this. Yeah. And so like I got uh, a, a nice, like I had a van, which was nice. I went and spent, like I sold my motorcycle and I got the van and I was able to like have something before I left. But, um, but then like not having to go to work, you can read the books, you can think your thoughts, you can do the artwork and you can travel and visit the people that you, you know, do yeah. the things that you want to do. And like when I, I would visit all the, all the parking lots and like the Walmarts and, and I would talk to the other people there and not all of them are hopeless. Like some of them, they're just in a car, you know? And, yeah. Uh, but um, so, so that was a good experience for you. You think it's a, um, what is, what are some of the things that kept you on the good side while you were living homeless? What, what was routine or something or sort of like principles that you had? Yeah, maybe it was just principles, and that might go to my upbringing because my parents were good people. They're good people, mm. uh, but they—I didn't have too much of a dysfunctional fa family, you know, compared to a lot of people I knew. And maybe mm. that instilled me to go, "Oh, I'm not going to go and hang out with those guys and smoke ice," you know, because I was <laughs> in a tent near people that were doing that. But I was right. like, "Nah," because I, I could kind of sense—I had a sense that those people are shady and I don't want to hang out with them. You know, that right. kind of thing. Uh, I was on a different Island. And so the lifestyle there was really laid back where I live on an Island now with over a million people. And if I did that, I'd be around all kinds of dysfunction. I don't even think I could do it on this Island. I mean, maybe in the forest, but, um, but that was the difference is I went out to uh, break free and have time to do what I wanted to do. 
at the time I was making music and I thought, well, I, my job wasn't giving me time to make music. So right. I just made my own time, uh, doing things like that as well as, uh, reading books. And, um, I got addicted to what I would call nomad. I did a show called nomadicism. It's a word I made up, but basically nomadism is basically just wandering, uh, is a really cool thing. I mean, it's, it's, um, I agree. It's like, been, you know, like a lot of these people that uh, were great people in our history or, you know, were kind of nomads. They, they had a, they didn't, they weren't stuck to a specific spot or routine and they kind of, it opened up their mind. And there's, there's, uh, there's a real power in being in different locations all of the time. You get a better sense of life. It keeps life interesting and it doesn't feel like we experience much life living in these like my friend calls houses and apartments cubicles, you know? Right. So yeah, we're all in these cubicles all the time, but like, you know, this is for like, like I couldn't do that with kids probably, you know, like no. I didn't have kids and I like, I, you know, now I do, but it at the time it was like perfect. Um, but the greatest thing is, is controllers can't control a wandering people too easy, you know, that's true. Where, so when we're stuck in our house, we're stuck paying bills, we're stuck, uh, you know, going to work, we're stuck, uh, you know, wasting our money for rent and stuff. So when you free it up like that, there there is a lot more time. And it's if you have the right principles, like you were saying, and I don't even know what my principles were they exactly, but I just knew not to go and go to the dark side of things, just kind of keep it fun. I'll bet, and I'll bet that's... I bet that goes to your self-worth. Like if you were, if you like had a self-loathing and you, whatever you, you know, you probably would have gone for that, you know, bowl of ice or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I think that the, uh, the, so to have a good self-worth might be a good principle to keep because, um, uh, that's like really the self-loathing and the hatred and the nihilism. Yeah, uh, you know, look at all these people. Holy crap! That's, is that just all homeless people right there? Yeah, wow. yeah. They're. Yeah. I think they give away like sandwiches. Like the church comes down and so oh, they're right. all like, uh-huh. queuing up at the. So um, so uh, okay. You were you had good times and um, did you meet other? Oh, one thing that. What what you said about the being traveling homeless is different than being they I I met this rainbow kid that he would call uh, the people that stay in one spot homeless he would call them humbums or like home bums or whatever yeah uh, and then the people that were travelers had a different name uh, you know and like the, they had a bunch of different names for different kind of homeless people but the ones that are humbums are like very desperate and sad and like the ones that travel have like a certain kind of happiness to them you know Uh like if you see a rainbow kid coming through town like it's good to talk to them like they're happy and they got their pack on them and they you know they don't they're not gonna bug you like lie to you or whatever they're just traveling through but other people like the humbums are gonna like be angry that you don't give them money 
you know, and they'll be hating themselves for like some, you know, like it's weird. Right. Yeah. That's totally so, right. It is, yeah, the, it is so a mindset. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's the majority of the people out there probably are so self-loathing, but mm. there's some people that just want to be free and they don't want to. And that's, that's what you, you know, that's the positive side of it is those that just want to be free. They don't want to do the regular thing. They don't fit in society that way, but they're not, they're not crazy. And, um, I think right. there's, there's, there's a big difference there for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to like, if you are moving to go to places that have good people, that was one yeah. thing. Like when I left, I was going towards, uh, I would like go to, I was going to Philly to meet the people there, the anarchists and to meet other people that I've talked to online and to see their face. And, to, you know, I took that opportunity of like not having a job to go and, and meet the people that I care about. And like, actually be real friends with people you know um kind of sucks now that i'm a housey and i live in a house i mean I, I mean it's like i don't get to see everybody and i don't talk to them as much and it's like uh, i should use the phone more often i guess um anyway so uh so that uh it gives us opportunities to not be afraid to be homeless um and i did find that i could I could live on like about $5 a day when I was homeless uh, just to get enough food or whatever. So I would have a sign like I did use a sign every now and again and I would have a sign. I'll get like five or 10 bucks and then I would pack it in and go, you know, I wouldn't like, and like I would, they taught me how to jug for gas in my vehicle. So like I hang out at a gas station and ask nicely for like a gallon to like a bunch of people and then i finally have enough gallons oh, to cool. go down to the next place and you know i ask nice and i look them in the eye and i you know i'm always nice to everybody and if they say no i'll be like that's okay well, thank you um so like I, I wasn't angry towards people you gotta like freeman told me while i was i, I went and visited freeman and he told me that uh if you're gonna be like living free like that home free then you want to be everybody's best friend. That's your new job. And that way, all the good things will come your way. You know, you'll, you'll find the opportunities, you'll find the proper direction to go. And, and then like the light of goodness can find its way to touch you. And if you are like stuck as a humbum and you're just like sitting under the same bridge, like hating on your life, like, there's no way that the goodness can find you and get you the hell out of there. You know what I mean? You, all the good things come through people. Yeah. So if you love people, then you'll have a good time. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that totally is a good, that's a very good uh, strategy or philosophy because um, you're at the mercy of a lot. I mean, when you don't have much, you do, you are at the mercy of some people that need to, you need some help sometimes and you just got to be a, a good person. But that also like that goes everywhere. If you, if you're good, right. You, you, there's so much more comes to you. That's, that's like, you, you kind of, I don't know, the universe opens up. I, I've seen it myself because uh, there were times too. I mean, it's not all fun. Like, I mean, I were times that, that I was living and it was raining coming through my tent or, uh, 
you know, things didn't work out or people were loud and, you know, that it's not all fun, but right. um, neither is this life living in civilization and doing the regular things. So I guess it's just kind of a trade-off, but when the lows are lower and the highs are higher, that's, that's probably what I'm trying to say is mm. when you're living home free, the highs are higher because you're just free, but the lows can be pretty low when you get stuck somewhere or some have company around you don't like or yeah. run out of food or, you know, have to. That's true. Like, like now that I'm a housey, when I see a full, like almost full cigarette on the ground that I'm not like, Ooh, a free cigarette. I'm like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> you know, like I just walk past. But yeah, in those days, like I would get high on finding a whole cigarette, you know, and you would never find a cigarette in the streets of Philadelphia, dude. They are, all these people have smoked them up already. <laughs> There's no, <laughs> like, if you're in a town where you can find, like, a half a cigarette or more that's unsmoked on the ground, then uh, your your town is still okay. Don't worry. But if there's no more unsmoked cigarettes on the or like half smoked cigarettes on the ground, then you know the homeless are already moving in. It's like like you can see the roaches coming. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. the barometer how you can tell. Yeah. But not. But anyway, we don't. So this video here um, coming up pretty soon. I guess I'll pause it when we get to the point. But there's a woman who, like, I guess I'll bring it up when we get there. Um, okay. So. Uh, <clears throat> So do you find that this is the, like, when they say you'll own nothing and be happy, is this what they mean? <laughs> I, I assume, well, I don't know. I've, I've, thought, I've seen these, like, future drawings and stuff of, like, everybody living in these, like, rental pods. Basically, nobody owns anything but you. And it's a social crediting system, and basically you just like sleep wherever, and and it's like hmm. it's like uh, it's like a uh, it's like it's almost like it's imitating a cheap imitation of what we're talking about being free, but instead, because you know you know if you go to a lot of cities, I've noticed this lately um, here too, they have these like rental scooters, and you tap yeah. them. I think everything is going to be like that. That's hmm. what I'm thinking. Like even your only, house. Yeah. I think so. Wow. But, but I guess then, in Japan they have those little pods, like you could rent like a drawer for the night and stuff. For like, oh yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah. yeah no, but I, I think that that's what they want is just on a huge level like that. Uh, you're part of the crediting system, so if you have good credit, then you can go ahead and tap on the car or possibly with a chip in your hand. Right. Right. Closer. Like the Chinese, like social credit, the way that they do yeah. that. If you've been bad, then they don't let you ride a train or whatever like yeah. if you do something the government doesn't like then they restrict you shut off your your mm. credits yeah and we're not far from that you know i i see that coming pretty quick like the cashless society mm. and, and that would mean that the, how we're talking about living is going to be definitely harder like people won't be able to live how we're, we we experienced without cash i would say yeah, I guess you're right. There's no more going to be any more uh, donations to homeless people. They're yeah. going to have to rely on the government. Wow. I've never really thought of that. Yeah, and it's coming around fast. Because when I went to London um, last year, I went to London, and uh, I'd never been there before, but I tried to buy 
a bottle of water. I was thirsty. Every store was cashless. Oh, we don't do cash. We don't. Like, wow. What? Like I took out money because I need cash. I like I, if mm-hmm. I use my card every time I get an international surcharge. So I was paying uh, cash everywhere, but it was getting harder and harder. It's like I was getting like really harsh too, and I was like, okay, well. Yeah. Uh, that was two years ago, actually. But yeah, I was like, wow. So places, these, That's these, crazy. Cities, these cities are the worst places to be, as you can see here looking at these images. <laughs> right. But like, you would not want to be homeless in Philadelphia. Wow, no, man. <clears throat> you can't yeah. pee. They don't let you pee. You can't right. like just walk into McDonald's and be like, oh, can I use the bathroom? They keep it locked because everybody's folding over and like having like overdoses in the bathrooms and shit. <laughs> so like the regular people, like when I went to go see Passio do the um the Second Amendment like lecture that he did, uh, you know, there was an intermission. We were walking and like smoking a joint down the street and go back in. And uh there was like uh okay here there was like a, a a lady who was like bringing her groceries home and she was like a normal lady like a housey lady with like money and shit but mm-hmm. she's she's like squatting between cars to pee because there's nowhere else to go you just have to and i was like oh whoops look the other way <laughs> you know i mean but that's how it is in philly because like they they don't let you pee it's like not they don't care about humans. No. So, so there's okay. a funny movie. You there's gotta a have movie. money. You gotta pay. But go ahead. There's, yeah. there's a movie called Buffalo '66. Have you ever seen that before? Oh, the Gallo. Yeah, the very, yeah like, Christina Ricci. Like Fifteen minutes is him trying to find a place to pee in the city. He just gets out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> and but I've been there too. Like we're Dude. like no, we, restrooms are customers only or whatever. We don't have restrooms. It's inhumane. Like society's inhumane. Like, right. right? So that's why yeah. I was like pissed everywhere. But. Yeah, right. You know, and I'll tell you what. Uh, when I went to Rainbow, the in Vermont, in like I forget what year it was, like maybe five years ago or something like that. But I went to the Vermont one, and uh, on the way home, I got a big dose. Like somebody gave me a. They were happy that I was carrying trash out, and they like they were like here, you know. And they wouldn't let me put it in my hand. They wanted because they didn't because whatever you're not supposed to. Because then you can go to the cops and give it to them. You know what I mean? So I put it on my tongue. Like okay, thank you. And then I'm like driving home, you know, and I get a flat tire, and it's like, it's like almost totally floppy, but it's like I can still drive on it. And like, and so I get to the gas station, and everywhere has free air, you know. And so I'm like, okay. So I get to the every every exit, I'll fill up with more air, and then it'll be empty again by the next exit, and I'll just kind of limping along. <laughs> and then I got to one where they required 75 cents, and I went in and I asked the lady that was working, because she's like the only one there, and I said, "May I please have 75 cents for the air machine?" She's like, and I was like, have, after like a week of free food free cigarettes free like drugs and everybody loving you and calling you brother and like looking yeah. you in the eye this lady with the fluorescent lights you know and i, I was dosed and she looked at me and she's like i'm not gonna break a 20 for you uh, dude it was like hitting a wall i was like oh babylon oh you know yeah and dude there is something to be said about like 
being being in the woods with people who care like i think it's a wonderful thing that everybody should do because because then like i then all of a sudden i like had to deal with this shit and nobody cares about you anymore and i was like oh you know and it was very stressful it was very harsh and stressful yeah but yeah. yeah so these people here they can't even pee their whole life is Babylon, you know, and they got to fight tooth and nail just to, just to get high or whatever. <clears throat> I kind of wanted to show this chick that she, I think it's a she anyway. Uh, I pause it here. Can you see like what? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like she's about to take a pee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's going to pull something out of her thing here. Okay. This, if you can see, that's Mott's apple juice. Okay. And if you look in her hand, that's a plunger. That's a needle. Look at what she's doing. Watch. I think they're going to close up. Watch. Look at this. Is See she, that? Is she she's, sticking it? She's taking apple juice up into her needle. What? Apple juice, dude. She's going to shoot apple juice. Why? What What does that do? <laughs> okay. So like when you're junkies that use needles all the time, they get addicted to the feeling of the, the needle and the stuff going in. I, I was friends with a dude like he was a meth cook and he would shoot meth and he used like steroid needles because they're mm -hmm. wider and like, because he liked the wide needle, like, felt good when he stuck himself and he used to use spit instead of water like he used to just draw spit into his needle and then mix that with the the drug you know and he wouldn't cook it or anything but this like she's shooting sugar into her like apple juice is very sugary you know yeah. that's so i don't know if that's gonna like mess people up diabetically but like di like give them diabetes but like holy shit like she is so addicted to the drug and she doesn't have any drug. So she's going to put sugar. Like that's another thing. Junkies, they crave sugar. They want like candy, you know, um, cause it's a high too. It's also like a dopamine, wow. you know? So, I never thought about that. Yeah. That's interesting. So that is the depths that you might end up like, don't, God, if you're going to do junk, just, smoke it or sniff it jesus don't do the needle oh. Oh, because like that is a rough she's gonna shoot apple juice like holy shit what is that gonna do to her heart what about the bacteria like yeah. you know like what's in that bottle you know and like apple juice is that's probably not very good apple juice either probably it's mots it said mots on the bottle it's all sugary yeah it dude i can't <laughs> So that's like the state of where it gets now, but that's like a hopeless person. Yeah. And that's the other side. That's the dark side. And people shouldn't think of themselves as that. They shouldn't be going there. You know, there's always, you don't like, even if you're homeless, just smoke some cannabis, you know, know. keep walking, keep moving. Don't let yourself start shooting apple juice. God. That's the lowest of low right there. Dude, it's so sad. And it was like on camera. Like I just I saw that. I was like, holy shit. And I bet a lot of people didn't know what that was all about. And like I, I I'm glad know. I was able to explain it to you. Like yeah. 
because like holy shit dude people are wasted what do you think think, tell me go ahead what were you gonna say oh i was just an interesting point i I was thinking you know how you say they're addicted to needles but also a lot of these homeless people are also addicted to life on the street i i saw this video um I think it's good. Peter Santanello, he's like this ball guy that walks around and films all over the place. You may have seen him on YouTube. Mm. Uh, he went to Skid Row in LA and he came to the conclusion with somebody else. These people are addicted to life on the street. Many, they wouldn't go back uh, to regular life, you know, they, and also maybe because they have a sense of freedom. I mean, can you imagine these people going and getting a regular job and paying bills? You know, it's like, no, yeah, so. I don't know if they can. Like, even know? if they got sober, and would they want to live? Like, that kind of shows us our slavery as people in the system. Like, they, they would probably rather not go back to doing what we do every day because it kind of sucks. A lot of times it does suck. I, I honestly don't like living and paying bills all the time. I mean, I tolerate it and I'm okay with it at the moment, but there's been many times, like the time when I was younger, a lot younger, I did, I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to not do it, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah. Well, it is a trap, dude. Like I said, I mean, to pay like a thousand dollars a month just to like live in a house. I mean, to think like the mortgage is only like 500 and you're paying like, like double, you know, it's really like, they're just squeezing poor people and everybody just goes along with it. Like, uh, which video were you, did you, uh, I think I found uh, this dude. Yeah, that's him. Uh, Skid Row. Uh, Skid Row. I'll look up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he's, uh, I like this guy. He's just kind of, he doesn't give his opinion on much as far as things go, but he just, like oh he's there with the stuff the mark late uh we talked about that i think that dude i'm not sure if i if i trust that guy i don't know if he's like i think he might i saw him pushing uh i think he was pushing some like uh there was some dude that that he had on his show that was talking about all the people dying in the in the hospital with the when the c word happened yeah. And how bad it was and he was a nurse and like it was totally fake you could tell it was fake he was like oh there were dead bodies everywhere and he couldn't describe it because it was not didn't happen you know anybody that's been through trauma they they know like and like yeah. he was just like just this and then and it seemed like mark Leto had him on there to be propaganda like he's got a like large enough following now that He's trying to sell a book, and so I think he's working with, like, I think, I don't know if he's always been bad. Like, maybe he was, but I don't think he's good people anymore, and I, I think he probably pays for some of those hookers. I think he, uh, <laughs> he's probably not, like, but anyway, here, which which one do you want? The Skid Row uh, one at the top? Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Okay. I mean, we don't have to play it, but I, I think it was, it's up to you. I got it muted anyway. It's like I yeah, but, uh, they're just walking around Skid Row and basically they're talking and these people like, like they wouldn't really want to go back, you know, at this point in time. But That's yeah, true. It, it's bad there too. It's really bad. Uh, I didn't, I haven't been there like in recent years, but it's gotten to levels of like every square inch as you see there, just there's like, oh, there's a tense, just tense. Oh, everywhere. right. 
Yeah. Um, when, when we were like, uh, Jennifer and I went across country and we went to California and when we first got there, we, uh, we went into LA like just to see, you know, cause I just wanted to show her, you know, and see myself, <laughs> whatever. I wanted to see it too, but yeah. it got like, it, the further you get in, the more destroyed it is. And like the more like messed up shit you see. And it's like the rich people have mirrored cars and mirrored windows and they just hide behind their mirrors and they drink their Starbucks and their mirrored sunglasses. You know, it's really satanic. And then the, the other people are like living on the, the sidewalk, like, one dude, we pulled up to a gas station and there was a dude like on the, he was like sleeping or well, he wasn't sleeping. He was like laying on the, on the sidewalk right in front of my car where I parked and we were getting to a gas station just to use the bathroom, whatever. We're only going to be there for a minute. And he looks at my, at my van pulling in and he looks up at me and he yells, give me some speed. <laughs> I was dumbfounded. I could not believe it. This dude just demands speed. He's laying on the ground. Give me some speed. I was like, holy shit. And then I was like, I told him, I was like, I suggest you try cannabis. And he was like, Rah. and he like, waved <laughs> me off. and then like some like rich looking pretty woman was walking in to go get some gas or a pack of cigarettes or something. And he yells at her from like 10 feet away. Give me change. I was like, wow. He wants her to walk it over to him and put it in his hand. Like he's just laying on the ground. You know, it's like people in California, the homeless in California are way different. Like, Oh, if you find homeless in Nashville, they're like smiling and they're like walking around <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they're not like they're they don't demand like that kid was very it was very weird. But he's just one person, whatever. But then we get to like they where they they give out free food. We were like, oh, because you know we were we were homeless, like you know whatever. Let's see if we can get a free sandwich. And uh, yeah, and we went to the area, and it was like Mad Max. Like the whole street was full, and everybody was fighting and yelling. Is this in Skid Row or? Uh, yeah, I yeah, think so. Okay. And uh-huh. it was LA, like where they give out the free food. And uh-huh. like, it was kind of like around behind some buildings and like kind of like out of the way a little bit. And um, they were like fighting and yelling. It looked like Barter Town, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Master Blasters should show up and just like, rah. Um, so anyway, uh, it, that we just turned away. We're like, not going there. Like, because that's like mad that's crazy zone we don't want to it's very dangerous like these people uh they don't care about us you know what i mean they're not there to be your friend you know yeah anyway the thing about la is you could go to a a neighborhood that looks decent like but it's actually bad like i've I've been there there (laughs) before where like like what are you guys doing here you better get out of here like really looks nice the the lawns are well kept but I was in, in South Central, the east side, where I guess it's like one of the worst parts, but it didn't look bad. But when night comes, I guess the ghouls really come out. But where right. Philadelphia is like older, as you can see here, it's more decrepit. It's like it's like been through years of abuse. And it, it's like, obviously, it looks, still looks like Rocky days when it rocky was yeah. Going, you know? <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, dude, those uh here, just look at this campsite here on the sidewalk. And there yeah. just looks like she's doing yoga or whatever. They're folded over like a taco. Look at see, that's so they don't fall down. I don't know why they just don't sit down on the ground. I don't know. Jeez. But yeah, like this is like it's it's pretty thick. And they got levels of there's one person like totally passed out on the ground. And they so and that's like all the time. And this one's like putting a needle in his knuckles. Look at him, like that right there on the right. It's oh, like yeah. Yeah. holy shit, dude. And that's Portland too, is like that. Um, yeah. And like, you know, that dude just picked up a needle off the ground. He's looking at it like he's gonna use some fucking dude. Wow. Oh, Maybe he's throwing it away. Okay, he threw it away. Oh, oh good guy. what all a right. gentleman. What a gentleman. Okay. God. But I've heard that on Ken- in Kensington, you can't even walk around without step- stepping on needles, like basically everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's one right there on the ground <laughs> between the cracks. Because yeah. that's definitely not a cigarette. A full cigarette <laughs> like that would not survive. No. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So, what uh, do you think that – So you so you think we're going to be given pods – if we're like those, but that's for the select few of the party member people. But the proletariat is going to be living like this, like the proles of 1984. Like they yeah. were truly free, right? And the way that that book talked about them was like, you know, like they, uh, the, the proles had more freedom. And that was what the dude like looked up to them. Uh, so I think that the the class is going to be divided and those of us that don't go along are going to have to be living like these people here, uh, here in Kensington. Yeah, I guess you're right. Or, or they'll just completely kill all those people off. And then the people that don't want to be part of society are going to live in the forest or the, you know, the outlying areas or something. I I don't know, but I'm thinking that they want to, they, they want to, uh, well, if you listen to the World Economic Forum, there's this one guy who's talking about that poor people aren't going to be able to travel anymore. So you're going to have to experience it through a VR headset. So basically, they're going to make it so expensive to go anywhere and so expensive to do anything that basically you're not, that's when the metaverse kind of thing comes in, you know? So if we want, we don't, I, I, I don't know. I, so these... 2030 is not that far away. It's six years, so yeah. they actually have a lot of work to do on their side to make it that way. And I, I could see a couple big psyops doing it, though. That's the thing. It's not that it couldn't, and it, it sucks to have to say that, but that's just the time we're in. Uh, these these crazy people are trying to push this, and there's everything every everything they talk about is 2030. You know, all their goals, their sustainable development goals. Yeah, you're right. You know. So it's pretty good we get to talk about this now because then we can prepare for it because yeah. maybe maybe we're going to be living here too. Yeah. But yeah. America is far down the – far way farther down the tubes than any other Western country that I've been to. And it's like generations of ghetto-fied uh, drug use. Like it was bad when I was a teenager, but now it's just really – really bad like it's a different bad but look at that lady yeah yeah 
They're always folded over. Oh, she stood up. No, she was packing her bag. She's like, who's looking at me? <laughs> but yeah, dude, these people just go like down the loop. They, they loop around and they... Uh, They're just people. driving around? Like they the just loop? drive around. Yeah. They go to Kensington around the block, you know, and then they go home and then they make a new video tomorrow or whatever. And, uh, you know, uh, this Kim Gary's pretty good because they don't make like... A, they don't talk. They don't say... Look at these people, and they don't like edit. You know, they just put it all there. I mean, it's I guess wrong. they kind of edit, but yeah. But yeah, there's no like. Uh, it's just raw footage, right? Yeah. Exactly, and then That's you the can get to see it. for yourself like what it really is. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Yeah, but America is definitely like down the, like it's it's really like, uh, like people from other places that visit America will be. T- they talk about like, wow, what happened to Philadelphia or what happened to New York? Or, you know, it's just terrible now, like everywhere. Um, yeah. There's a big fallout of people. And I, I guess if you trace it back to 20 or 2008, when we had that global financial crisis, that's when I first started hearing about, Hey, there's tent cities everywhere. Yeah. Really? You know, before that there was homeless, but there wasn't tent cities. No. There's tent cities all over the place. And a lot of these people were people that actually had jobs. They lost or their jobs some of them house. still have jobs too. And they just yeah. can't pay for their house anymore. Right. Yeah, or they lost their house because of the crisis, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of the people in the Walmart parking lots and stuff. They're in their car and they still have their job. They go to work every day. Um, you know, like they get up and they use the bathroom at Walmart. And then they yeah. go back to their car and change their clothes and go to work. And then when they're done from their shift, they go back to the parking lot. Uh, you know, when I traveled, I would live in the van and I worked in a, in a restaurant in, in Nashville. And like, you know, I would make some money and then they would, I would have money for traveling, you know, like make money and uh, print t-shirts and sell those while I'm on the road, you know. Uh, but you know, I guess that's that can be a thing that people should try to figure out how they can make money while they're on the road. Uh, you know, you can make money from anything, and you can get a you can get a bad job anywhere. So yeah, uh, you know, don't be afraid to keep moving. You know, um, those of you that still work. Uh, yeah, and there's people that do van life that actually kind of have it like pretty down like um i was seeing these one people that um get a gym membership at one of those major like chains and then wherever they go they have a place to take a shower and you know kind of refresh themselves like when i was here we had showers at the beaches so it was perfect that you just all right so it is a it is a his hospitable place here to live homeless for sure and i think that's where we have so many too is because they don't even need to ask for help they don't need to go to shelter unless it's pouring rain Right, like tomorrow. Tomorrow is actually supposed to pour rain, so we'll, I'll see a lot of these homeless under bridges more, and you know, huddling closer together. But normally, you could be more self-sufficient and uh, actually be homeless in a good way, home free. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, um, there's a lot of them end up like in those warm places, you know. Yeah, uh, and uh, like a. Like Venice has a lot of 
like a Venice beach has homeless people like laying there in the, you know, they got their tent or they just sleep on the sand and then they like roll over and they smoke bongs and they, you know, there's all kinds of tourists and stuff around and they're just like, whatever. And they're doing their day, they're brushing their teeth, you know? Um, but then the city comes and like, picks up all their tents and throws it in the dumpster like once a week in the summer or whatever. So yeah. like there's that. And, um, uh, but they do have, there's free bathrooms and, um, you know, they end up, but I'll tell you, van life is very tough in California. There's no parking lot. They will let you park. Not even yeah. Walmart. Yeah. There's too and many like, homeless. Yeah. That's true. And like we parked on the wrong side of the road on like a Thursday when they were doing like street cleaning and I, they didn't bother to wake us up. They just put like a $75 ticket on my windshield. I was like, those bastards, they just went around me with a street cleaner and like the cop, like, you know, after they went around me, then the cop gives me the ticket. And I was like, fuckers. Yeah. Um, so like, it's very like, if you're one other thing, if you're living on, on the streets or in a car, especially in a car that is policeman territory. They can come and do whatever they want to you and you can't do shit like you, um, especially a car. So I did learn for any of you that are doing van life. If you, I learned this from a police officer, like I went and talked to them and this dude was like one of the higher ups or whatever, I guess. And, uh, they told me that if you take two wheels off of your camper van, then it's a house. Oh. And then they don't have a right to go in. And so, like, if you are, especially if you're on private land, if you're on your friend's land or whatever, um, they can still go in your car because it's a car, you know, because it can drive. But if yeah. they, he told me that if you take look at this, it's like a, somebody's sofa, and they got it. Yeah. It's like a living room right there on the sidewalk. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That's pretty all right. Wow, dude. <laughs> and then it rains, uh, but I guess oh, it doesn't ever rain in LA. So yeah. hardly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so like that is one little nugget of information for those of you who may be deciding to go on the road somewhere. If you stop at a campsite and you just take two of your wheels off and have blocks then it's a house and they need a warrant to go in so That's if good it to has know. all its wheels and it can roll then they think it's their territory and they can go in and sniff around all they want so yeah. that is good to know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So there are techniques to living on the road or living homeless and right. and you can you can you can you can make it i mean but Especially yeah. in a place like Vermont, like every church has free food every day. It's like oh. it's like heaven up there. Like they love everybody and whatever. But if you're in LA, you're like fighting for scraps. You know. Yeah. People yeah. should move around. Yeah. Yeah, I would never be homeless in a big city like that. LA uh, is is way too big. It's and there's so many homeless. And all these places are are pretty much just traps for self-loathing people too right. drugs right? so like you would want to just be on the road i think is the best way um, right yeah even yeah. if you can hitchhike 
or nature. So. If you can get to nature and just right, find if a you spot. can, right, Rainbow figured it out. Like they yeah. go to places where they can tap uh, good water, and they distribute the water to the kitchens. Like everybody has water clean, and they'll it'll be like a place where they can you know you can bathe with fresh streams. Um, like Rainbow figures it out where they find a place that is good for humans to be for a whole week and not have to need anything, you know, as opposed to say burning man where it's a total desert and you got to pay for everything, water included. Like it's like, um, you know, and people pay like a thousand dollars for flushing toilets and like ice and shit in the desert. It's crazy. Like, um, it's the opposite. People shouldn't compare the two. They're the opposite burning man rainbow. But anyway, the rainbow people, like they live, like vagabonds on the road, like you're saying, they chose to be on the road the rest of the time when they're not going to the gatherings. There's local gatherings too in different places. So they'll go and travel to like this state's local gathering and that state's local yeah. gathering. So they have a place, but um, like you'll find that they're always traveling and that uh, that keeps them in good shape, I guess. Like, I guess like to be a humbum is like to give up. <laughs> yeah yeah i lived in kalalau for a while which is a valley on the island of Kauai. it's on the Nepali coastline that's um known for all the hippies that lived in this valley and, and you could really just live off the land essentially and it, was, it was great for a while until the police came and raided it and then hmm. they came. but every now and then they'd come in and raid it and everybody was carried out but it's an 11 mile hike in and 11 miles out so you wow. um you really paid for it right but when you got there you could really live off of the land like fruit trees and if you knew how to fish and stuff um wow um i did that for a little while and that was great and i think one of the things is um is you start to get in touch with your your childlike spirit again when you get out into nature uh versus being homeless in a city or somewhere because you you realize like you get this this um what was it like this this mindset like childlike sense of exploration like oh what's over that next hill or or what if i climb that tree or is there a waterfall in the back of that valley let's let's go check it out and see where the stream comes from that's that's the kind of thing that sometimes is great to get back in touch with and when i've done trips like that i didn't even want to go back to civilization after a while of course the real issue is, is we don't know how to survive without civilization. I think they've, they've made it to where even indigenous peoples in places that used to live on their own don't even know how to survive anymore without, uh, you know, a grocery store or, uh, yeah. you know, all these, these uh, creature comforts. Nowadays, people don't even know how to survive without. So, but going to nature has its, its rewards too. And I think... Anybody who wants to be homeless might seek out some kind of asylum in nature if you can figure out how to how to do it right. It's I more agree. rugged. It's more rugged because this kind of shit we're looking at here would just be would be hell. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you might get stabbed in the middle of the night just for nothing. Just for being there. Somebody's mm-hmm. like high on meth and they're seeing shadow people and they're like, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the, so like, I like we were kind of 
talking about how the globalists in 2030, um, do you think like if they did a um, like free money type situation with the universal basic income, do you think that would get all these people off the streets and in the little homes and stuff? Do you think that would like be a way that the government and the like would kind of scrub them up? And, or do you think that like some people wouldn't take it and they would just, I don't know. Like, how do you think that, do you think that they're just going to let these people still be living like this in 2030 in their new glamorous fucking smart cities? Uh, Cause like, it looks yeah. like kind of junky, like they're kind of messing up the place. <laughs> You think you think they'd want their cities back from all this, you know? Yeah. If they're going to even have these places, but you know, I've been I've heard some people say, and it, it sucks to say this for America, but like America might not be even part of their equation. Maybe they want to get rid of it completely. I mean, they don't I think like, they're bombers like Gaza and just like make a big yeah. hole of America. Yeah, maybe yeah. because I mean, we are the last you know, free in quotes, like, I mean, it's not really free, right. but like, we're, we can, we can talk and we can have a gun and like all mm -hmm, these things mm -hmm. that others dream yeah. about, I guess, you know? Yeah. And so right now it's still okay, sort of, kind of, but they don't want that. So we're in the way of their plan in a way, or the America is anyway. Yeah. And I, I, I don't see it at least being in the same form that it was. I mean, maybe they just want to have China or Russia make an alliance and have a world war three and bomb us completely off the map. I, I mean, it sounds horrible, but you know, I don't yeah. know. Or it's, to do a situation like that movie that you haven't seen yet, the, that Obama propaganda film, uh, oh. like the premise of that is that they take away communications and they make us so paranoid that we would destroy ourselves. With civil uh, war. Yeah. Wow. And the end of the movie has like a nuke bomb, uh, New York, because like some like a weekend of time without satellites and internet. Like it's it's such a silly premise. Like, uh, but you should see it. It's like I got propaganda. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. thick as like you can't cut it with a knife. It's just such glaring uh, mind fuck psyop. You know. Uh, anyway, they, so yeah. The, uh, what do you, where do you think, like, so you think that they would take the, their, their cities back by 23? You think they're just going to kill us all, like all these people? Um, like, I mean, they are Satanists and eugenicists. Uh, do you think this is like a, a death sentence uh, to make people homeless and then to take them out, take their money away? I don't know. Like, do you, is there, is this part of a larger plan, do you think? Yeah, you know, I wonder that, um, I don't know, I wonder what's going to go on this year. This is election year, and right. a lot of shit could go down just because we're such a divided nation that it could be a civil war kind of thing. But I wonder what, like right now they're letting these people just reign free. Like it's almost easier to be homeless and live on the streets and get free handouts and than it is to work a job these days. They let people uh, s smash and grab the, you know, as long as in California, if it's like under a thousand dollars, you're allowed to steal it. And it's cool. And like, yeah. so people come in like huge mobs of people and each person gets less than a thousand dollars. So everybody gets away. And I mean, 
like, what the hell, man? And that's all George Soros is like getting the prosecutors in all these cities and, you know, and then they're letting out people that are convicted, like uh, dangerous killers, like letting them out yeah. of jail because of COVID. Like, oh, we got to let yeah. people out of jail. <laughs> that just happened here. We just had a guy that got let out a few years ago. He killed two people. Oh, no. And uh, anyway, he there was a manhunt for him. This is like last week. And uh, it ended up in a cop shootout. And he killed, I think, two or three cops or injured. Wow. I don't make out them, but like at the same time, um, yeah, it's uh, those kind of people are out now, and yeah, and if you know about like I don't know if you know about Russ Dizdar and uh, his work, he talks about a black awakening where there are these people out there that have been programmed by the cult, the SRA stuff, and uh-huh. you know, like there's going to be this like signal that wakes everybody up into their satanic nature and they're just going to cause chaos you know and like if that's true which i think it might be because like he's like a, uh anyway like a, um i've met people that have been programmed you know uh, and I, i've talked to them so like it's uh I think that that like these homeless people, this is going to be like they're going to be the warriors that are going to be out there causing the chaos, like and and as well as the migrants that yeah, like the they were offering they're offering the migrants a job in the military, and if you sign up for the military, then you get to be an American citizen, and that is foreign people. They're people from a foreign nation and they're going to be here policing our streets, you know, like it, yeah. they're not going to need blue helmets. They're going to have like, I don't know. It's, I think I, that's part of the plan though. I do. I do letting in all those people. I think that's part of the plan. There's, there's some, there's something sinister about that. How they, just, right. you know, I mean, I, I get like some people probably are genuine people that want, you know, to get out of their country, but, I think there's a lot more to this than just, you know, they're, they're trying to destroy America from within and they have done a pretty good job. I mean, uh, I mean the way that people are these days too, and the, and the moral relativists out there, there's so much more of it now, uh, just in every category you want to put, like everything is just degraded from what it was. I mean, you were showing mm-hmm. a video a little bit ago, and it looked like aerial footage of L.A. back in, like, the 60s or something. And it wasn't probably that bad of a place. And now it's just – and all these cities are just hellholes now, you know? Right. So And these people are being bussed, like the homeless people and the migrants are being bussed these places. And what if there is a signal that had like all these places have these people flooding it, flooding them. And then all of a sudden they want to do bad things all at once. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty black pilled. I'm getting pretty, yeah. it sounds pretty paranoid to talk like that, but you know, uh, like that George Floyd shit, like that, like there was a whole, like many cities, and that was yeah. a psyop too. Like I fell for it. Like I hate cops. Like I've been on yeah, your sure. show talking about how yeah. all, all cops are bad, you know. Um, but and I, I was like mad, you know, watching that dude get stepped on by the cop. Um, but still, like that was a psyop to make us mad. 
you know, mm -hmm. and that that shit popped off like like very quickly. And lots of places, everybody's got the internet, you know, and everybody's on their Twitter feed that like tells them what to be angry about, where to go stand and protest. And um, these people are like armies of like zombies that are going to do what the media tells them, what their psyop tells them. Uh, it's uh anyway yeah. it's a pretty yeah. black pill <laughs> it is but, but i think we have to kind of like at least lend some like so we have to lend uh that stuff we have to kind of give it some some thought at least because yeah we are in those times that things seem like they're i mean look look at what you've been showing just these imageries of what all these places i mean they've gone to shit and so yeah. we are in these times that anything could happen. I mean, when COVID happened, it was like the whole world stopped. And now that it's back to normal, or so they say, right? Normal, <laughs> right? It's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're, you know, it, people kind of forgot what it was like. But when a big event happens that stops the world, I mean, it it shows you, it showed me a lot. I, like, I didn't know if we were going to get out of that one. I, I, I thought maybe they're just going to go full forward with this New World Order plan. And they kind of let up, but you know they could easily do another one. So we kind of just have to be lend our. We have to always have one foot in, one foot out. So it's. I think it's okay to be black pill to a point, as far yeah. as black pill. You're saying like just looking at what could, bad could happen, as long as we still um, don't get stuck in like depression ourselves or something, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's still keep a happy outlook, regardless right. of what's going. On. You know, we both have been living with this information for a long time. It's like we're still here and we still enjoy our lives as well. So we always have to remember those things and not get too caught up in the negative. But yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Go down. They put those 5G yeah. maps everywhere. You got to wonder, like, is that a, because it, it is a military grade weapon. Like, they could, you know, how they use it in the military, the 5G would burn the skin and, and it would trap people within. The, what if they did, they actually turned those things on and that was to keep people stuck in their, you know, from moving out of their areas, you know? Uh, that's something I've thought about too. That makes sense. Uh, it's like the way that they, um, the way that they manage like rats and stuff and pigeons in cities, they'll put spikes everywhere and they'll put spikes on park benches so that homeless people don't sleep on them. Same thing. They treat them like animals and, yeah. and the, the way that they treat people and um yeah i think that's probably going to be the same way what's going to happen uh, yeah. yeah well maybe we should start wrapping this up a little bit I, I, okay man. <laughs> sorry i could go I on and on no it's so good i i think about um but things are things are definitely like i think the symptoms are are all around us when you see all this homelessness it's like the, it's like society has a certain level of society has given up and right we probably didn't see that when we were kids i mean i certainly i certainly didn't i mean there was homeless there's always been homeless like drunken bum on the corner but not to this level no way yeah so yeah these people they they uh they got a whole different kind of life and Back then, it was just alcohol. Like now, it's 
meth and fentanyl, you know, and uh, their bodies don't last very long on that stuff. It's very poisonous. And, you know, and that too, like the level of desperation of an alcoholic is much different than that of a meth addict uh, that is losing their teeth and, you know, um, they are like a junkie too, like that died again, like the other day, you know, they revived me three times this week. Like, whoa, you know, um, that's a different kind of helpless, hopelessness. Uh, yeah. So people need to keep check their, their own heads. And if you, if like, don't be afraid. Like it's like, um, there are ways to stay clean and to stay safe and to uh, live it that live it in a positive way, like you and I have done. Uh, but still, like to to have if you don't if you have a positive self worth and you don't fall into the the hopelessness and desperation, then it'll be okay. And you'll make more money if you're flying a sign while you're smiling than if you're like hating the world and thinking everybody's against you. Like yeah. it's, it's a little secret, like of how best to, you know, like it's, yeah, it's a little secret. Everybody should, if you're nice, then if you put out the good, then you're going to see the good in return and people will be glad to have you there and they will, they will give you money and they will try to care for you because people do care, you know, but if they see that you're uh, helpless and high on drugs and uh, they won't give you money, they're going to, no. They're gonna let the government take all your stuff and throw it in a dumpster, like this. Like <laughs> yeah, and and I I would say to people too, it's like don't be afraid to pull the plug on things and have a plan that's mm. not a a homeless bum, but an actual like plan to be nomadic and and you know if you need to, it's scary at first, but um, you'll be surprised what. Uh, you're you're looked after if you're if you're in the right mindset things come to you and, and that's right it's not always a bad thing if you have to pull the plug and sometimes it's a great thing i mean for me it was great at the time and sometimes i still think like wow i kind of miss that free life so but it, you know it comes with it comes with a plan you can't just go and say all right i'm gonna quit my job and oh now what but it, it does come with like a plan and you gotta i think really like research because now there's there's millions of homeless now so you can't just be one of them you gotta <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it, but if your if your sign has like a positive joke on it if you can make people laugh yeah. then you are infinitely more they will see you and all the other homeless will be like who cares about them because like you're funny, happy dude. People love you. Anyway, like that's, but it's good for life to do that, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, so um, uh, I guess, did we, I guess we probably did cover everything. We wanted to say that there is like a, a positive and to be fearless is good. Um, it's, I think it's better to have a vehicle if you can, but it does put you in the, yeah. in the space where uh, cops can get you. Uh, one important thing is you want to be able to lay flat. It sucks, but uh, if but if you're in a, like a 
Toyota Camry, you, I, uh, it's like, I don't know, like get yourself a pickup truck or something with, with a top on it. Like oh. you, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, I've had some because, horrible sleep cars. Yeah. Just like with a seat back and that's not fun. Oh dude, you wake up like a pretzel. It's the worst. Yeah. yeah. You got to be able to have good sleep and, you know, care for yourself that much. Get, try to set yourself up with that at least and find it, you know, Try to find the rainbow, uh, the rainbow gatherings. There are local ones in different states, and uh, those people will love and care for you, uh, especially if you can love and care in return. It is a good home for everybody. You know, all humans are welcome. Uh, if you got a belly button, you're welcome. <laughs> if you're a clone, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so um, so uh, I think that it's. You know, it was a healthy thing for both of us to go through and to experience. And now we're housies and now we, we live and we have jobs and we have families. And yeah. um, it's good that we had that experience and that knowledge. But, you know, there's no there's kind of no good way of doing it with little kids. Like, you know, I, yeah. I try to convince my wife, like, maybe we could get a camper van. She's like, no, it's like, it's, it was hell for her to be in the van. Like, uh, it was good that we got to see the mountains, you know, but we, uh, some people, they just can't do it. So, um, keep yeah. in mind that like, it, you gotta have a place to wash. You gotta have a place to self care is important because if you don't make time to give yourself sleep and to give yourself clean and to give yourself good food. And you can find all those things out there in the world. It's possible. And you can do it. Uh, you just have to be smart and be good with to people, and uh, they will be good to you as well. But if you have the desperation and the helplessness, you might end up high on some fentanyl folded over like a taco. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything you want to add to that, dude? You know, I, I, I guess it's just, yeah, you pretty much said it. I just think um, you have to have, it's not for everybody too. Like I, we're two males that have done it by ourselves, but like True. You know, I could, yeah, for a single female, yeah. that could be yeah, a whole scary, scary world out there. Uh, right. And yeah, you have to be a very durable person. Um, there are different ways of being homeless though too. There are, you know, if you can find some land that someone wants, doesn't mind you being on and, you know, caretaking it, that's one way. I have some friends that like live like that. And, um, There's a website, isn't there, where farmers post jobs? I forget what it's called. Like Wolf, W-O-O. -O. Never heard of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. But there are where you can work at farms. You can... There are places like you can even work at um, and get a free campsite at like government campgrounds. I almost got one, but it was like because of the pan the pandemic, it was like it's tough, and I was waiting oh, yeah. for a long time. But they'll like give you a camp place to where you can park your van and you can have showers and stuff, and you only got to work like. I don't know, a day or two, like helping them like maintain the land and stuff. And yeah. so if you're smart and ask around, there's many, many opportunities, especially with the, the internet. Um, there are places to go where you can work and uh, 
you can give your your value to receive value uh you know like in, in a voluntary situation like like where, where yeah. we hope the, f- the future will be for society you know mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah yeah what, I, what, uh, go ahead well i i would avoid living in like communes with people who, <laughs> you know i've seen nothing but fallouts with those situations too so you got to be careful with those things um and it's best to just kind of always be somewhat of a loner, uh, I think, so you don't get caught up in scenes. Uh, that's what I noticed. It's like, yeah, you can have all these friends around, but if you're caught up in a scene or you're team up with people, it's harder to it's harder to get things done like that. I've, I always felt the best when I was just just by myself or you know uh, doing doing home free situations versus you know, like even hitchhiking. When I hitchhiked. Um, you know, I got rights, but if I was with somebody else, no way, you know. Right. And that makes sense because like when, when you're in a group situation, your will gets overtaken by theirs sometimes and you have to do what they want and then you're not actually free. You know what I mean? I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And if they, some, some people try to use you, you know, and they try to, oh, you, you know, you're a useful member of our society. Let's take all your money or whatever else, you know, who knows? Like, make sure, look at their fruits, you know, look at what they do and you'll find the good people. Like, pay attention to people. Don't always offer your information. Don't tell yeah. people where you're from. Don't talk about your family. Uh, people use it against you, not just cops. Like, a lot of times, don't, like, don't ever talk to cops, obviously say am i being detained am i free to go that's what you tell a cop so but besides that uh the like you you might not want to tell strangers the truth about everything because uh, a lot of times there are predators out there that will prey on more than just uh what you think you know who knows what they're going to try to take from you so so it's another thing. If you have good self-worth, uh, they won't see you as victim. Very, that's important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. That victim, right. that's the thing. It's like, you don't want to be like, you want to be someone who's self-sufficient and wherever you go, uh, have that survival instinct for, and put that to use rather than just like, Oh, poor me. You know, and that you're just going to find nothing but, people that'll energy vampires to people that'll rip you off or even kill you. So it's just, right. yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a gentleman that I tried to invite to the show today, but uh, his internet isn't so good because he lives free. He's got a, an electric bike and he lives like in the desert. He's on the network, the One Great Work Network. His name is Callan Lee. Okay. And he'll do little videos and talk about how best to survive. And he's like, it's like cold. He's in the cold, cold. He talks about having to like some days he can't get out of the tent, you know. Um, but he's free and happy and vegan and he's making it work. And wow. uh so like and he's very happy and like positive and um he's not 
like i mean he is connected with the internet so he has people uh he finds people that way so but he's in the wilderness like it's like high desert where he is and um uh he's found a way to make it work and he he he's not a humbum and he's not like you know uh hooked on drugs you know what i mean he has a positive yeah. outlook he's just done with society and i get that and i yeah. admire that about him and if people want a a, a positive maybe check out his channel there uh callan lee he's on odyssey um but that's like for full-on like living totally free this is the sleeping bag you get this is the best one because it because you know what i mean and it like gives you tips on how to like keep off the ground so you're not so cold and how to like have a good tent and how to carry and pack it and like real things that are information you might want to know uh, so uh but sadly he wasn't able to make it here today and uh you know if he hears this uh hello god bless you sorry <laughs> you couldn't be here but um yeah i guess i did want to have a i'm glad that we did get to the the positive aspects of it i mean i was showing some pretty nasty pictures and it's pretty sad people with the apple juice and stuff but um you're right it's not to be afraid of and it's not like that's important because the more afraid we are of that the more we're going to stay in their system and run it on the wheel and like yeah you know, so yeah. we don't want to scare people in, into staying part of the matrix. Like, cause, uh, you know, there's, there's freedom. Uh, you might only be eating the gruel and not the steak, but you're free, you know? So, yeah. And eventually, and eventually it may come to that. Like we're, we're, a lot of us are going to have to drop out of it if we don't want to be part of, you know, unless something magical happens and I'm not, I'm not, um, into the Q psyop or anything so right you know right like i think it's just gonna keep on going this direction looks like so we should be yeah. preparing, preparing ourselves for a plan b a backup plan and and thinking that things probably could get worse and and you know hopefully hope for the best but like just yeah you know if we have to pull the plug then then it's it's okay it's gonna it's good things are gonna work still somehow right. it's not it's not ever hopeless completely yeah right yeah. and if you can find a way to make something of value then do that and stockpile that because it's coming soon the finances are done like their dollar yeah. is gone so uh, we might end up owning nothing and being unhappy so <laughs> you know yeah. um, thank you so much for your time uh thank you for joining me today on wake the dead and tell us where where can we find you again and uh like tell us about your merch and uh what what projects you might be looking at in the future near future sure yeah thanks john for having me on and it's always awesome. good to connect uh yeah tenantdownradio.com is the website where i've just archived a lot of stuff but any podcast player i'm mostly in audio at least for the last many years, but I've been posting my videos on Odyssey and Rumble. And so you can see videos now on there. Um, I'm actually working on a documentary this year. I've traveled enough places over the many years and put together a, doc, a lot of footage of the most ancient sites in the world. And wow. I'm going to be putting this together in I, in a way that I'm going to start with that and start digging into these bloodlines that rule our world 
wow. and into the um, practical stuff, more like what we're talking about toward the end. I don't know how it's all going to work, but I'm just—I've realized that that's what I want to do this year. So that's a awesome. huge making, yeah. And I'll have you get involved too, Sean, because I know you got some stuff to talk about freedom, and I want to talk about freedom on this documentary. So. Yeah, I would love to help and whatever yeah. I can do. Yeah, so it's going to happen hopefully this year. Um, I got a couple of surprise things I'll keep a secret for now, but it'll be kind of cool uh, to uh, just put it all together and see what the hell comes up with it. Um, I've been doing video editing for a while, so I think – I think I got the hang of this, so it's going to be interesting awesome. to see what comes out of it all. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's great. New mediums of art are always yeah. wonderful, and you get to expand and learn. Yeah. Like, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I look forward so, to that. Yeah, it'll be cool. So, although I'm going to still do the podcast this year, that's going to be my main focus. I decided because doing the podcast for coming up on 11 years, and I'll still do it, but like, uh, there, there's got to be more irons in the fight so that's this is what's gonna do so that's good well documentaries are good for for like it's got all the information in one package and you can right. share it easily so mm -hmm. that's great i look forward to that yeah yeah so that's it so, so chantytown radio they can find uh and they can uh find your merch there too and there's uh yeah. and they can donate to you there is there a donate yeah. for um, chantytown yeah. radio yeah i have a patreon thing i don't like patreon but um I do have it for an extra show I do. Uh, it's kind of just me driving around doing drive-alongs and stuff and things like mm -hmm. that. Uh, it helps support it's the show and the documentary and whatever else I can try to do to keep afloat. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're doing it. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I need to do more of that myself. Like I never like, I also have merch and I also, but I don't charge for any of it. I don't have any paywall and, yeah, I try not to do that. I'm trying to think. Yeah, of other I don't ways. want it either. I don't want to ask people yeah. for money, but that's just a way that you know, if you want. But like, no, like, it's good. Than, well, it's it's, it's been, good uh, though. I mean, you're you're getting extra thing. Like it's good. Yeah. Like to um, I think that people should be able to make money for the, what they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, just because the information should be shared doesn't mean that we shouldn't be given money for our time and working hard to put it together in a nice way. And exactly. hopefully you make some money from that documentary. Put it on Vimeo, yeah. uh, at least for the first little while. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But everybody yeah. should be paid for their efforts. I think, it's whether great. whether it be money or not, like you know, people should be given value for value. And um, hopefully people donate to me as well. There's right, a button. Yeah. There's like a link below this video. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And uh, please visit uh, Chant It Down Radio. Mm -hmm dot com and yeah. uh you can we can find your audio on all the podcasters uh spotify apple and yeah we can now we can find your videos on odyssey which yeah. is wonderful as well under chat it down mm -hmm. and uh, thank you so much for joining us and giving us your time and um thank you again thanks thanks sean we'll, we'll talk soon Awesome. Yes, man. I look forward to what uh, our, our works in the future uh, because there are other things that I want to talk to you about besides your documentary. I'd love to have you on Wake the Dead again in the future for other, other topics. Yes. Yeah. Likewise. You come on Chat It Down too. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Thank All you, right. brother. Cheers, okay. man. Cheers.